he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Brought to you in part by twoforonepizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit twoforonepizza.com. Our one one of Leafs Lunch is behind us. Hour two, kicking off right now. We talked to Darren Drager. We're going to have Todd Crocker on in the next 20 or so minutes here to talk some prospects, talk some Marlies who are on a bit of a heater right now, 8-1-1 in their last 10. They're getting some great goaltending. Uh, if you missed the first hour, the update out of Leafs practice is that TJ Brody has been placed on the IR. Bobby McMahon gets the call up, and, and that's kind of the update. Austin Matthews also didn't practice today. We're waiting to hear an update on that from Sheldon Keefe, which we yeah. should get in the next few minutes here. Hopefully we do. So... <sighs> I don't want to sound any alarms, obviously, because we don't we don't know anything. It could very well just be a maintenance maintenance day, schedule maintenance day. Give him a couple of days off. You know, Sheldon Keith before the game, I think it was after the Detroit game, said, you know, there's some guys dealing with things, or maybe it was pregame ahead of the Philly game. There's some guy dealing with things. Uh, we're gonna have everybody take part in the pregame skate, and then we'll decide who's gonna play after that. And TJ Brody uh, and Dryden Hunt came out of the lineup and then in went Connor Timmons and, and Wayne Simmons. So TJ Brody, we know, is on injured reserve. But when he said there are some guys playing through things, I wonder if Austin Matthews is one of those guys that he's referring to. So in the same vein that we're talking about TJ Brody, because they they can afford to give him that extra time to heal up more by not playing him the rest of the week, you don't necessarily have that same luxury with Austin Matthews. But what you can do if you're banged up or you're dealing with something is you can give him an extra day's rest and an extra day off. Um, so that would give him two days off in a row to rest up that body ahead of tomorrow night's game against Nashville. Yeah, you know, they've been quiet about Austin Matthews since the start of the season. But we heard, like, he was a little bit banged up. To, to There was that one Dallas game. Dallas, that there yeah. was, you know, some things were kind of coming out that potentially there was something there where he had took a, a big cross check, I think from Jamie Benn, I want to say, maybe Hawk and Paw, and, and, you know, kind of was a reason for the slow start that he had had could have been dealing with something so yeah so for all the conversations and we had one conversation about it yesterday i got a couple dms like how could you be mad at austin matthews he's on pace for 40 goals he's gonna he, almost 100 points i'm not i'm not mad about his lack of production or anything but it's worth I, noting for sure when a 50 goal guy you, you see this sort of decline like we could say they're playing great team defense like yeah, they were kind of doing austin well, matthews specifically hasn't changed his game all that much yeah, what I find funny about that is, so we had that discussion yesterday, but I think what we kind of arrived to was, yeah, the goal scoring isn't there, but it's not a major concern. Because they're us. winning, and because other people are scoring, and it's right. getting picked up. And, but it's definitely worth noting when this franchise player has had a little bit of a dip well, in it, production. It, I think there was sky-high expectations based on last year. Yeah, right? the ex- some dumb, dumb girl <laughs> sat on national television and said that he was going to score 70 goals. 70 goals. Bang was, my head against the microphone at the fact was, that I'll have to answer to that at the end of the year. Was he the number one pick you took for fantasy, too? 
Yeah, I didn't take McDavid because I took Austin. And you know what? It sounds so stupid now. It sounds so, so, <laughs> so not stupid only now. Is McDavid had the most points in the league. He's yeah. Also has the most goals in the. It league. sounds so stupid now, but at the time, He's got seventeen more, sixteen or seventeen. No. Stop! It's gonna make me sick. But at the time, it made perfect sense. Yes. Like I was so comfortable with my decision at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the time, it was it was the the right call to make, I guess you could say. He's got 14 more goals than uh, than Just Austin sickening. Matthews does right now. He's got two more than David Pasternak for the the rocket race, which is quickly becoming a racer. Pasta with 32, Tage Thompson with 31. Um, I, I'd be shocked to, if if Matthews at this point gets back into that race, but. To your point, I think 55 is something that he could maybe reach. I still think 50 is within reach. But him repeating 60 like he did last year, getting to that that next milestone of 70 goals, I think is clearly a pipe dream at this point. That's This year. That's just not going to happen. This year. This year. Yeah. You know, maybe next season's a, a whole different story, and, and he can get back at it once he sees McDavid taking home the Rocket Richard, and he says, that's my trophy there, Mr. Connor. Yeah. I want that back, and we'll go out there potentially next season and, uh, and get it back. But, you know, to, to go back to, to the point of him just being out of practice today, um, hopefully that's all it is. Just yeah. Just like, yeah, give him an extra day, and there's no long-term scare here with with austin matthews because you did you mention already the it, the reason it's a little weird is because they had that off day yesterday. yeah exactly yeah right so it's like okay if he if it was it, it doesn't sound as though it was a scheduled maintenance day because that would be odd to have a scheduled one coming off an off day right but if it's just a, a matter of that ah, there's he's always playing through something let's give him this day off that would make a little bit more sense and hopefully he can get back at it uh in the game against nashville um tomorrow and obviously you know, Timmons is going to be a guy, too, who is going to have to step up. It looks like uh, Timmons, what, with Giordano. So we're going to have Riley and Hall, Gio and Timmons, and then Sandin and Lilligren are uh, are the pairs currently at Leafsgate, which is interesting because Riley Lilligren is yeah. a, a pairing that had been kind of put together a little bit here to see how that would work out. And now they're going to go with uh, Riley and Justin Hall up as a top pair here. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved what the development that we saw from Timothy Lilgren playing alongside uh, Zio Gio and with mm-hmm. how good Timmons has been. It's great to give him an opportunity to play next to that guy oh, and absolutely. just learn from him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We saw the elevation in Lilgren's game last year when he came up from the Marlies and started playing on a nightly basis and playing alongside uh, Giordano once Gio got to the team. And we saw a big leap in his game. And I think it's just having that comfort level of a guy who knows what to do, just kind of emulating what he's doing. He's a calming presence when he's out there. Should be really good for for Connor Timmons. He had that when he was playing with TJ Brody. And and I think one of the guy who maybe might be more of a calming presence than TJ Brody would be Mark Giordano. I imagine those bench chats, like you get to the bench and he breaks down a shift with you. Like I imagine that that's so valuable for a young guy. Be a, a fly on the wall to listen to like some of those discussions. Yeah, like would be awesome. I think I was uh, what what was I listening to, or was I watching? I'm trying to remember what I was watching, but I think it was a, a, a goalie was having a chat with a player. Maybe it was 
on the Team Canada or something like that. Okay. But like telling them, it looked as though they were having a discussion about like, hey, when you're a goaltender and I'm doing this or this is happening, you know, how should I go about things? I don't remember exactly what it was about, but I do recall those chats. And I just remember thinking, I would love to be eavesdropping on that conversation yeah. to see how it was going. Like a player and a goalie trying to pick each other's brain out there on the ice and, and you know, the, the goaltender almost playing like coach in a way saying, yeah, goalies are thinking this way, so if you do this, this should help you out. Maybe try that next time. Yeah, I those think, little intricacies are cool. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. So when I was in Halifax, I was telling you that we were all absolutely battling trying to watch Leaf games out there yeah. because uh, because of the restrictions and stuff. Also, a bunch of people texted and DM'd me about that. Like, tell your employer. It's not an employer. It's not a TSN thing. It's an NHL thing. Yeah. <laughs> it has yeah, regional yeah, rights. Yeah. Regional. So, so don't point the finger at us, but a uh, whole bunch of scouts and, and uh, general managers and assistants to the general managers mm-hmm. uh, were staying in our hotel. And one particular assistant to the general manager, who was very formerly a Leafs player, was, was hanging out in the lobby. And I know some of the TOSN gang was, was ended up kind of huddling around the phone watching the Leaf game with him, oh, okay, and we're trying funny. to be very cool about it and not annoy him and ask him too many questions because he was the guy that had the Leaf that game. Had the phone, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure he wasn't overly pleased to have to watch with a bunch of us hanging over his shoulder. <laughs> but it was interesting to to see him watch game and just kind of break down. Yeah, that would be uh, being able to like watch it alongside would would be kind of would be kind of cool. I mean, like yesterday at the the national championship game, being able to watch alongside Luke Wilson, somebody who played. The oh, that game, is cool. Like being able to watch him break down plays, and he's like, "Oh my god, like that's a pee wee level play." The fact that they scored on that means that this is going to be a romp, and he yeah. turned out to be correct. So yeah, it's that 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 insight that you get uh, that you don't normally, I guess, have, which would be pretty pretty cool. All right, JT, why don't we get to uh, some good call and bad call? It's time for good call. After reviewing the play, we got a goal. Or bad call. So, we're on it straight here. On Leaps Lunch. Okay, AB. Ooh, we haven't done this in a while. This is fun. When the Leafs' blue line is finally healthy, Morgan Riley and TJ Brody should be reunited. On the first pair, good call or bad call? I feel like we should play that song again quietly in the background. Reunited, that you two weirdos played for us yesterday. Uh, good call or bad call? What do you think? Um, honestly, I think I'm gonna go bad call. I'm gonna play the other side on this one. Like for years, that's been the staple first, you know, top pair. But what I think this team might be better up, and this would completely change if a trade was made, obviously, but the way that it's constructed right now, I wonder if, like, Brody and Hall as the shutdown defensive pair, and that's where their utilization is, D-zone starts, get out there, that's now your role, and then that frees up Riley to play more offensive, which is more his bread and butter, his MO, that's his game, and you play him with a Timothy Lilligren or a, a Connor Timmons, perhaps, so you're and just further solidifying your prediction that Timothy, Timothy Lilligren will be a top four defenseman. 100%. <laughs> Look, I, I think that Lilligren has taken big strides. No, I agree this with season. you. Like, 
I mean, he's, he's got a great shot. I think he's making sound decisions uh, with the puck, without the puck. You know, he's somebody who I believe is is really making a push to, to be classified as a top-four guy for this team. I, I know it's a small sample size, so there's still probably a ways to go for him to really get that uh, get that clout, but I think he's on his way there. And if, if I had to put the, the lines together or the defensive pairs together, I'm thinking maybe a Riley Lilligren. Uh, Justin Hall on the right, and then you flip Brody back to his his actual left-handed position, and they've got Giordano, and then you pick your pick your guy. You want Sandine in there, or potentially you can have Connor Timmons in there, I suppose. Um, but you no, know, Sandine. Think about that comment, just based on where we were with Sandine at the beginning of the year. That well, where contract was stalemate. Where was Sheldon Keefe at with Sandine last year in the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. So they didn't know if they could bring him in. But uh, I will say that a lot has changed Timmons with Sandin and Lilligren uh, in the last three months. This is true. This is true. But to your point, yeah, Timmons is a lot more physical guy. I think I agree with you, AB. I think it's a bad call, too. I think that that was the go-to pairing when you couldn't trust. Eh, maybe couldn't trust is a little aggressive. But when when Lilligren was still figuring himself out, when Sandine was still kind of figuring themselves out, and they still are, they're still young defensemen in the league, but I think they could be, and Lilligren specifically, be trusted with more uh, heavy top four minutes. So I agree with you. Bad call. Spread the wealth, right? Yeah. Good call or bad call? The biggest overreaction this week has been the discourse around Matt Murray knocking the net off the moors. You feel passionately about this one, I can tell. I don't. The thing is, I feel passionately about not feeling passionately about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Omar on Twitter, Tic Tac Omar, clipped this little moment where Matt Murray, it's an aerial shot, I think it's from our broadcast on TSN, of Matt Murray. The Philly game. Yeah. Yeah. Playing with the net. He, he pulls it off in the morning and then he puts it back on. And he clipped it, and he clearly meant it as a joke. He's like, LOL, like, Matt Murray, like, up to his old... Tra-. It's clearly a joke, and everybody went off about it to the point where reporters from other teams are saying, this has been clipped by the league office, and they're Omar looking at this. sewering the maple. Oh, my God, wow. spare me. It happens all all the time. And if, if there's a little bit of a veteran move to be made and kicking off the net in a dire time... Not overly cool, but say Levy. I don't think Matt Murray was trying to do anything malicious in that moment. I think actually he was thinking, I know if I knock the net off, I'm probably getting a delay of game penalty at this point because of the reputation that's been uh, created for kinda me. Kind of earned. Kind of earned. Kind of earned. Yeah. And kind of just such a spotlight on him, such a spotlight yeah. on Toronto. Like there's, it's definitely both of those things contributing. That one, that one, where was it? Minnesota? Yes, Minnesota. That yeah, crazy yeah. Afternoon, afternoon game, game. that everyone was in arms about. Uh, yes, that is the biggest overreaction of the week to me. So good call for me. I see. I looked at that clip differently than I think most people did. I didn't look at like I feel as though, and obviously I could be wrong, but potentially there was a situation where he felt maybe when he pushed off the post that it was coming up a little bit. Who do we have on the show? Steph, maybe you'll remember. Who do we have on the show? It was Mike McKenna. Was it Mike McKenna who was very passionate about that? I don't know if it was Mike McKenna. Kevin Woodley. It was Kevin Woodley. Very passionate about about goalie pegs in particular. 
And he had noted that in some buildings, there were situations where water was getting into these pegs and it was kind of floating around and it was allowed, making them much more... That's the other like thing. The How do you penalize these, pegs? these guys when there's no well, baseline? So what I, But what I think happened is he like maybe there was a water built up and he's moving this thing. He's like, this doesn't seem legit. Like This is yeah. moving pretty. And he was just testing it out, saying, like, is this going to push off here next time I, I... To your point, like not wanting to get that penalty, I think he was just testing it. Not that he was trying to loosen it so that he could push it off. I think it was the total opposite. I believe that he was trying to make sure that he didn't push it off, just figuring out how much force that net could absorb before it comes off its peg. That That's how I looked at and, and dissected that clip. Others took it in a completely different direction. So, I mean, is it is there an overreaction to it? I, I Actually, I'll say bad call because I think there was a lot of reaction um, and I don't think it's an overreaction because of the reputation that Matt Murray had caused for himself. So I'm yeah. actually gonna I'm gonna go on the other side and say that it was, it was probably actually probably a proper reaction to it. I don't know. Free my boy Matt Murray. He didn't do anything. Let him out of Twitter jail. <laughs> uh, Next up, I see JT will hate this one. Good call or bad call? I hate talking about Nylander's contracts. I hate talking about contracts that aren't eligible to be signed, but we'll do it anyways. Good call or bad call? Nylander's next contract will be similar to Johnny Gaudreau's deal. 975 by 7. You can go first. I'm sure it will. (laughs) I'm sure it will. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be something, especially with the way he's playing this season. Uh yeah, I'm sure it will be very similar. Now, think, you break down the numbers and get your calculator out, please. 100%. I mean, this is this is a very, very good call here. That, like, 975 in today's world seems to be about what any first-line winger is going to get. And like, I not think, even superstar. Like, superstar. Like, yeah, like <laughs> any star, right? Yeah. Not a superstar, but like any star elite. Star contract. An elite top-liner is earning in this nine-ish million dollar range. So, and the way that William Lander has played this year, if he can also do the same thing next season, improve like that's two years in a row of pure consistency, goal scoring, um, two-way ability, it leads a team in takeaways too. So, like there's that defensive aspect that's Crazy. really baked into his game this year, which I think has been uh, clearly good for him and good for his camp when they go to the table. But more so, do you recall how hard of a negotiation it was when he was a restricted? free agent yes this guy's going to be an unrestricted free agent and he's going to be looking for top dollar i would think and uh i i don't know if the leafs will be able to really pay that it's it's going to be a tough negotiation but if he ends up on the open market there's no doubt in my mind he'll be getting between nine and a half and ten and a half million bucks so certainly it'll be uh, similar to to what johnny hockey got at at seven by nine seven five yes plus with the with the cap going up the cap percentage would also be smaller if it is like nine and a half compared to what johnny got this past summer right okay do do we have time for one more here i know we got to get todd crocker on it maybe really quickly which one are you feeling uh okay let's do uh the postseason one uh there's two postseason the next one all right good call bad call if you're the leafs the Bruins scare you more than the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's so much to unpack here for the next minute. The, they both scare me. Let me be clear about that. You want to save it for an after dark, perhaps? 
Yeah, let's save this one because I feel like I need 10 minutes to just digest it and talk about it. Okay, all right. We'll save it for an after dark. We'll hit a break because we do got Todd Crocker coming up in about five minutes. Uh, Leafs, uh, Marley's play-by-play voice. And they've been on a roll right now. They got Joseph Wall playing some sound hockey. They, you know, Bobby McMahon was just called up. He's going to be part of the Maple Leaf squad. Um, We'll see what he can tell us about Bobby McMahon as well. So he'll join us in the next couple of minutes uh, or on the other side, rather. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashere. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. And that's when Welcome back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tasheri and Mike DiStefano with you. A couple of updates from practice. We told you TJ Brody is headed to the IR. We also let on that Austin Matthews did not practice today. Sheldon Keefe spoke after practice. He said, uh, as per some reporters who are tweeting out info from the site right now, it's a maintenance day for Austin Matthews with the caveat that, however, Sheldon Keefe said they'll see how he is tomorrow. The game time decision doesn't sound like a maintenance day, like pure maintenance day. <laughs> no, that sounds a little bit bizarre. Yo. Like guys battling something. We wanted to give him the extra day. We'll see how he feels tomorrow. Sorry. I mean, I imagine he plays tomorrow. I I would hope he plays tomorrow. But uh, to to call it a, a maintenance day, I guess, is is slightly disingenuous. At <laughs> Sheldon Keith, there's clearly something going on. But to Drag's point earlier, everybody in the league is playing through something. Everybody's right now. banged up. Me too. I'm playing through this. That's right. You're having well, your flu game. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of those because I <laughs> seem to have the immune system of a baby. The other update is that TJ Brody's injury has been identified as a rib injury. Hmm. Kind of, I don't know, again, much about the human body. Uh, have a sport media degree from Ryerson, but yeah. I know that my oblique is close to my rib. Yeah. I don't I mean, know if there's any tie in there. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, yeah, because it was, it was known as like a new injury, so it's like oblique and rib typically have some sort of connection. I don't together, know much, but, but I think they're close yeah. together. Yeah. But uh, anyways. No timeline on when it'll be back, but we know that he's going to miss at least the next three games as when you're placed on injured reserve, you miss seven days, and that would there's three games in that seven-day span. After that, I'm sure he'll be reevaluated, and, and we'll know more. As more information becomes public. Bada bing, bada boom. And with that, uh, Bobby McMahon gets the call up to Toronto. Yep. He was AHL Player of the Week this week. And somebody who has a nice. a front row seat to him playing night in, night out is Todd Crocker, Marley's play-by-play voice. Todd, how's it going? I, I do feel like some nights uh, I have a front row seat in the American League because uh, the buildings uh, kind of give you that. Uh, and then every so often it feels like uh, you're sitting in the rafters and talking to pigeons. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the spot that Gordon Mike Johnson had in the uh, at Scotiabank Arena in, in Halifax was full on. It took me two days to find them. They were the so ceiling. deep in the rafters. They're in the ceiling, basically, <laughs> yeah. is what I, I heard. Know. It's just like you're part of the maintenance crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobby McMahon gets the call up to the Leafs today. He, he's been on quite a tear since returning from injury. I think I saw 15 points or 17 points in 15 games. What can you tell us about his game? Well, I think the first thing that uh, comes to mind is just uh, how hard the guy works. He's just uh, I'm talking to Logan Shaw, who's the captain of the Marlies this morning, and uh, he said, you know, the first thing that comes out is he's a horse. He just keeps coming and coming and going at you, and, and he never relents. And uh, Bobby is one of the strongest guys probably in the entire organization. 
Uh, he works on his fitness level. He's committed to the entire pro regime of, uh, or regimen rather, of, uh, of just the nutrition, the workout, the, he feels everything translates. And, that, and that's what you get. It's only his second year in the American League. He had, uh, a record setting first year for the Toronto Marlies in goals, uh, surpassing Josh Levo, uh, as far as rookie goal scoring is concerned. Uh, Bobby just uh, committed wholeheartedly to it, former captain at Colgate University. He's an older rookie thereby, so uh, coming coming in last year. Well, this year, sometimes people get into their second year. Uh, people around the league begin to know what the guy can do, and they figure out a little bit of how to play against that guy. Well, if they figured it out, they haven't got an answer for it. Uh, this year, he's uh, essentially... Uh, a point-of-game guy since uh, coming back off of injury, and uh, that was three games into the season. This is a guy who goes north-south like uh, not many, uh, especially in this league. Uh, he is a guy that carries it between the dots uh, better uh, than most. He can power his way from the outside to the inside. Uh, he is a guy who finds space, which is almost unbelievable considering just how physical he can play the game because he doesn't mind the physical side of the game either and he has uh, really proven his worth here and is one of the really one of the key pieces uh, here in why the Marlies are doing so well this year. Yeah, and just you know, taking a look at his prospects page, good size too, six two, two oh seven is what I'm seeing. So a guy with size and and a little bit of skill, and uh, clearly has the speed also. So I'm I'm excited. Might get uh, a chance to play tomorrow against the Nashville Predators. But another guy who you know very similarly had impressed with his time in the Marlies earlier this season that has gone on, graduated to the big club, and has played really well since getting here is Pontus Holmberg. Would you say that maybe he's been the, the biggest surprise and the boon that? That, uh, the Marlies have been able to to produce this season for uh, for Toronto. I, I think when you look back at the guys they have taken chances on in the past, uh, who have been in the same role as say a, a Pontus Holmberg uh, was, guys like uh, say a Miro Altonen or uh, guys like that who have come over, they've had good seasons in in Europe, either in the Swedish league or or one of the other top leagues, and they said, you know, this is a guy maybe we can take a chance on in the American League and see if he does well. And then maybe after some period of time here, deep into the season, he may get a chance to come up with the Leafs and, and prove himself. That's really, I think, the design of bringing in a guy like Pontus Holmberg. You don't expect him to, when he gets a chance and drops into the lineup, what you expect is he doesn't hurt you. Well, I mean, that's not what happens when he gets up there. He's, uh, he's a great addition. Uh, I think what he, I think when people see how he plays, uh, he is not afraid of any spot on the ice and, and going and getting after the puck in any spot on the ice. Uh, there's always a concern when guys come over to Europe. They, they take those big curls. They, they see ice in a different way. They always think they have more time. Whereas uh, we didn't see that here with the Marlies at all and here in the American Hockey League. I don't think people are seeing it there either. Uh, he is taken to the big ice, likes the physical play, uh, doesn't mind using the strength uh, to fight his way to a position on the puck. So, uh, you know, to see what he's done, uh, because there have been so many examples of guys that were going to do and they were hoping to see do that, to have a guy actually come out and, and make it happen – 
pretty impressive. Uh, it, it, it isn't always a little bit like the draft, right? I mean, you go out, you get a guy, you get a bunch of guys, and hopefully one of them succeeds. Well, uh, that's about the success rate. And while it's the same thing here, you go out and get this veteran guy and you hope that he, he succeeds. And lots of times they, they don't get into the lineup. And this time when he does, it's, uh, you know, it's a lottery pick really in a lot of ways. It's like, Hey, well, you know, it may not be a million dollar lottery pick, but, uh, you know, it, it's 50 bucks and a free ticket. So not bad. We're chatting with Todd Crocker, Toronto Marley's play-by-play voice. And kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum there is, you know, prospects who are taken very high in the draft and then through draft and development make their way, you know, through the Marley's sometimes then up with the Maple Leafs. And Timothy Lilligren is a player who uh, spent probably more time with the Marley's than maybe Leaf fans would have hoped just because it took him a little bit to, to get going. But I'd say that this year he's kind of hitting his stride and becoming a true legitimate NHLer. And my my second half prediction was that he'll become known and maybe become a bona fide top four defenseman by the end of the season. You know what? What improvements have you seen as somebody who watched him play uh, when he was younger in his first couple of years in North America to where his game's at now? Um, you know, what have you liked about the progression of Timothy Lilligren? Well, I think the first thing uh, that you noticed in his first year, first of all, you know, he, he never really got a full season in uh, on a couple of seasons. And then when he finally did, he did what you are hoping to see happen at this level. Everybody talks about, oh, you got to develop your shot. Oh, you got to develop, you know, gap control. Oh, you got to develop this. You got to develop. I'll tell you what you have to develop here. This is the secret formula. And, I, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm giving away 13 herbs and spices here. But I, what I am saying is consistency is what is the most important thing that you have to find at this level. And whether that means through your play, whether it means through being healthy, whether that means through uh, the success of your shot, the success of your uh, defense and, and what you're able to bring to it. And that's what I saw with Timothy Lilligren. He, he stepped onto the ice here in the beginning. He played a lot. They expected him to play a lot. That was the idea. You play him a lot. I think of a guy like William Villeneuve who's going through the same thing here at the moment. They play him a lot. And, you know, he, he, Timothy made a lot of mistakes early. But as he grew his consistency, both being in the lineup every single night and also being able to play higher and higher up the lineup, it's a natural progression if you've got uh, the talent, the drive to do it. The progression is you start pretty low here in the lineup in a, in a you know four or five pair as a young guy being drafted, and then you move up and hopefully you move into that top two pair, and then you get your chance and you start a game in the National Hockey League. And for Timothy, he did exactly that. And, and I don't expect that his drive towards consistent play uh, will take a left turn. I, I think it'll just keep going in the right direction, and, and eventually that uh, that translates into a guy that you can rely on to shut down uh, the the folks in the league that do the most harm against you. That's Todd Crocker on the phone, Marley's play-by-play voice, and when you talk about consistency, some serious goaltending happening down with the Marleys. Joseph Wall <laughs> missed a whole bunch of time with injury, and since he returned, he has eight straight wins. That's tied for a Marley's goalie record. 934 save percentage what stood out to you about the way that Joseph Wall has bounced back from injury yeah he's uh, the thing about Joseph Wall I think uh, the first thing that comes to mind is in his words really 
are that you know he had the athleticism early in his career, uh, and in talking with Joe over the course of uh, the, his time here with the Marlies, he he just needed to find that the technical side was what he relied on to get the job done in most situations, and then let the athleticism take over when it was dire. <laughs> you might say those spectacular sprawling saves that require some incredible athleticism you can get away with being athletic at the ncaa level at the junior level uh at a pretty high junior level just by letting your athleticism take over in goal and uh, when you get to this level you quickly recognize that athleticism is not going to get it completely done uh you're going to make some spectacular saves joseph wall now holds a record nine games in a row uh, uh con- you know consistent record there is uh he's won uh, gone back to last season, nine games right. in a row, passing Calvin Pickard and, and Scott Clemenson uh, for wins by a Marley's goaltender. But Joe also, in his first year, holds some rather dubious records for the Toronto Marlies. And I think if, if it, you assessed them at the end of that year and you were just going to go off just those games, you might have thrown your hands up and said, uh, I don't know if this is going to work. But one thing that they have been able to do here is find what Joe Wall needed to do to be better and better and better. And that's all I've ever seen from him uh, because, one, he's an intellectual, and uh, that's a guy who, who is studying his game, studying the entire game, and coming up with answers to a myriad of things before they even happen. And uh, I think that you, you combine the intellectual goaltender the technical goaltender and the athletic goaltender, when you get the right mix of using those at the right time, uh, I think you've got Joe Wall and, uh, and I think you've got a successful goaltender at the next level. So we got Joe Wall. We've already talked about Pontus Holmberg and how he's kind of come through and he's become a, a nice piece of the Maple Leafs. Uh, Mac Hollowell had uh, a cup of coffee up here with Toronto. We've had Pierre Engvall um, graduate in from the Marlies to the Maple Leafs. Now Bobby McMahon's the latest guy. You know, when I look at this team, there was there was a lot of years where, uh, you know, there was question marks with the draft and development process of the Maple Leafs, and they just weren't getting, you know, a lot of guys coming through their system and becoming, you know, big parts of this team. More so, I guess, the mid to late round picks. You know, obviously you had Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and those first round guys kind of come through for them, but they weren't getting a whole lot from those mid to late round guys and undrafted players. But it seems like it's now kind of starting to happen with some of these players. Is there like some sort of tangible difference that you've noticed with the Leafs development program that's leading to this success that maybe there weren't, you know, in, in the the eras prior? Well, I, I can I can't tell you much about uh, you know areas prior. I've been here ten seasons. What I've seen from the Toronto Marlies, and I've covered the American Hockey League for twenty some odd seasons, but. The, what I've seen from the Toronto Marlies in the last 10 seasons and from the, uh, and from the Leafs development team is that there is uh, a whole person commitment. There isn't just a commitment to let's make this guy shot better. That's the thing that will get him to the National Hockey League. If he can be consist- consistent with his goal scoring or, or his passing or whatever, it, it's not just about that. They work on the whole person. And that's, uh, I won't say it's unique, but I don't think it's done everywhere in hockey at the very least. And, and what that does is it, it demonstrates to the player that the organization is, is mindful of the idea that 
you bring your whole self to the rink. You don't just bring hockey player to the rink. You bring your whole self to the rink. And I think that that is probably the biggest difference of finding success in a Pierre Engvall who's, you know, seventh round pick. And, and, uh, you know, you look back at, at some of the guys that have picked up in those mid rounds, that's the difference that they've been able to bring, uh, to, uh, to their development. The idea that, that that guy has got to be in the right shape, uh, both physically and mentally, emotionally, it's all part of the big, big giant package. I mean, you don't, you show up to work after, uh, uh, a night. I don't care who you are, whatever you, you do, uh, in life. Uh, if, if things aren't going right in your life and nobody's addressing that, then your work also suffers. So, uh, they're, they're cognizant of that fact. And, and I think that that's been part of their, uh, successful formula of, of finding some of these guys. And, and, you know, it's always tough when you're a, when you've got first round picks, uh, to take because it naturally means that your next picks are going to be, you know, further down the lineup. Uh, there's going to be the, the talent level that you're trying to pick up in the third or fourth round, uh, after people have picked through what you, you know, you didn't pick first or second or eighth or whatever. It's going to be less so. So you're going to have to find some real gems there. I really applaud the, uh, the folks who go out and, and on a nightly basis and try to, Scout junior hockey and NCAA and all these guys who are are out there because uh, it is uh, it is a job that does not reward you on a regular basis. So uh, I've I've seen it here with Toronto that uh, they they find uh, good people who also play good hockey. Well, that's uh, fantastic stuff, Todd, and uh, I, I think we'll leave it there. But I really appreciate the insight, and you know, good luck. Uh, uh, hopefully, we can chat again real soon. Yeah, hopefully uh, the, the run continues here for the Marlies. Absolutely, eight one and one in their last ten, undefeated, I guess, since the flip of the calendar. So hopefully, they yeah, can keep that going. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, we play tomorrow night too down here at the Coliseum against Manitoba. If people are interested, seven o'clock. That's right. Get out there to the Coliseum. Go watch the the baby buds, as we like to call them. Go rip <laughs> it up. Appreciate it, Todd. We'll chat again soon. Thanks. Absolutely. Right. There he is, Todd Crocker, Toronto Marlies play-by-play voice. Yeah, they're having a they're having a good season. No, they're having a really good year. It's always a good sign when your team's competing for a Stanley Cup and your AHL team is also good. Like usually, it's kind of yeah. like one or the other. You right. either got the prospect the pool system. that's full, or you mm-hmm. got the the big club that's good. So that is that is promising. I, I just I, I I do look at it and I think that like five six years ago, this team it, it was I guess it was more of a chicken or the egg, right? Like it was it, there was a lot of questioning of the draft and development process and and. You know, through the Brian Burke era, through, you know, Dave Nonis, and even maybe in a little bit before that, there wasn't a whole lot of success yeah. through the draft, and which certainly hurt this team because, you know, typically these guys like a Pontus Holmberg don't really come into their own like a Pierre Engvall until their mid-20s, like early to mid-20s when they're 22, 23, 24, you know, four or five years through after their draft process is when these later round picks kind of become something. And now we're starting to see those guys come into their own from early in the Dubas era. Like, Matt Hallwell was, like, a 2018 Yeah, draft I saw Nick pick. Barton did a Holmberg. great piece on uh, Will Villeneuve. Will Villeneuve, another kid who He's they picked up. Of finding that was a third-round pick a couple, yeah, a few years ago. So they're starting to get those finds who can come and help support this team. And that was something that, Shel- um, that Kyle Dubas 
harped on last year at the end of season yeah, press conference the exit. was we need some of these guys from the AHL to make their way on here. Bobby McMahon was one of the names that he mentioned. He mentioned Holmberg, McMahon, obviously Robertson was a name, Anderson was a name, and it hasn't quite worked out for those last couple of guys. Yeah. But clearly Holmberg has come and he's taken uh, you know with strides the opportunity that he's been given and now bobby mcmahon will get his opportunity after a, a successful ahl campaign and you know hopefully he gets into the lineup tomorrow and we'll get to to get a look at him in an nhl uniform but it's just nice to see some of those ahl guys like this this it seems like over the last few seasons they've made a a real um point to make this a three-tier system from Growlers in Newfoundland. Yeah, Keith Petrozelli just going down to the Growlers because not right. enough time between Shalgren and Wall at the at the AHL level. Like, exactly. There seems to be a wealth of depth in, in, in the Leafs organization right now. And that's just the whole development process as a whole kind of being starting revamped and, and it's, it's starting to work. You're starting to see the fruits of that labor kind of come through with these guys who are stepping up, providing, becoming that, those depth pieces that are needed to, to succeed. Uh, all right, JT, let's take a break. We got, uh, well, we're going to do some good call, bad call after dark on the other side. But first, it's the pro line between the benches seats. Uh, they're as close as the action as you can get. You'll smell the sweat of the players, hear the rattling of the glass with each hit, and celebrate every goal shoulder to shoulder with our hometown team. Now is your chance to qualify. The phone lines are open. Caller number 10. That's 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Caller 10 uh, will win your chance to, uh, to win yourself a pair of tickets. So uh, excited for that. We'll announce the winner on the other side, along with some good call, bad call after dark. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You listen to Least Lunch here on TSN 1050. Leafs Lunch brought to you by, by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Congratulations, Steve Smythe. You've qualified for the grand prize draw this Friday where you could win the pro line between the bench seats for January 23rd when the Leafs take on the Islanders. Pro line merch, a $75 food and beverage gift card for Scotiabank Arena, and two $50 OLG lottery gift cards. Ooh, heavy hitter prize. So tune in tomorrow for another chance to qualify. Uh, tomorrow's show is going to be from Scotiabank Arena. Preds in town tomorrow. You and I. I love going to... You and I haven't done a game. One. One. We've done one together. This year? Yes. I think it was, was Steph way back there? when. No, Steph was there. I think it was the first time that we went down there for, for a game at Scotiabank Arena. Might have been when the Yotes were in town. How irrelevant. Does that... Well, <laughs> I mean... still lost. <laughs> irrelevant, but I believe that was yeah, the yeah. Elite Players, Elite Players Night, so... Oh, that was a very relevant night, actually. It, it turned out to be quite a, uh, quite a relevant night that turned out to be a week's worth of content for us, so maybe we'll have a Shout out to the Yotes. Week's worth of content. Shout out to them. That's right. Shout out. Shout out to them. But, um, you know, I mean, what could provide us with a week's worth of content is if Austin Matthews doesn't play tomorrow, and uh, the latest yeah. update... Uh, Terry Koshin in the Toronto Sun tweeting out, um, Keith on Matthews, quote, maintenance day for him. We will see where he is at going into tomorrow. Nothing we're too concerned about at this point. Could he miss tomorrow's game? We will see where he is at tomorrow. Da-da-da-da. So if he misses tomorrow's game, I guarantee you there will be uh, a week's worth of content. <laughs> 
So Correct. We'll see. Correct. Correct. Uh, but we'll be there tomorrow, and we'll provide you guys the updates from Morning Skate. It'll be a tense one, I imagine, with Austin Matthews being yeah. kind of a game time. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Good call back all after dark. After dark. Okay. So we were about to go through this one, and we realized... And emotionally, we weren't ready. Well, there's just more to <laughs> unpack. It, it wasn't something we could do in, like, 30 now, seconds. Now, instead of 30 seconds, we have, like, three minutes. Yes, exactly. So let's let's unpack it. Good call, bad call. If you're the Maple Leafs, the Bruins scare you more than the three-peat Eastern Conference champion Tampa Bay Lightning in the postseason. So I've mulled over this, and I think it's a good call. I think that this Bruins team isn't the Bruins team that we were used to. Some of the core is still the same. Like, think about the deal they made at the dead, deadline last Most year. Most of the core is the same, though. Yeah, I'm thinking of like ads like Lindholm. And, I'm and thinking of McAvoy Char. being a bigger piece now. Just got, younger guys have developed into more. They've made they, some good deals. They're better now than they were. They're better. But so are the Leafs. So are the Leafs. And Tampa, I don't know if they're better. They might be a little worse. But they know how to get it done. But they know how to get it done, and I'm never going to sit here and knock Tampa. Nobody come for me. I'm I'm not putting any disrespect on the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions' names. They went to a cup final uh, last year. Are you going to roll with the, you know, at some point they got to get tired narrative at some point here? We rolled with that last year, and it it didn't go well for, for the Maple Leafs. Well, it didn't go well from the Maple Leafs, but they didn't win in the end. Well, I mean, they went very, very far. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. At, at some point, though, that does become reality. We said that last year. <laughs> but at some point, it has to be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, mean, and that series was so close last year. I think the Leafs are a better team than they were, and I think Tampa is a little bit of a worse team than they were at that point. I think the Leafs could beat Tampa more comfortably than they could beat Boston. And I'm sitting here so confidently, and I'm going to probably play this clip back in April and be like, what I an know. idiot. Yeah, can we clip this so we can both Just play clip it April? to make sure. I'm sure they have the Austin Matthews 70 I, clipped as well. I would probably, probably agree with you, but I'll say the one caveat that does hold me back from saying this Andre Vasilevsky versus Linus Allmark in the playoffs. Which goalie would you rather play? Well, in the playoffs, Vasilevsky. You'd rather play Vasilevsky. Sorry, I'd rather have Vasilevsky in my net. But right, but like we're talking about as an opponent. Who would you rather play? To me, Linus Allmark. I know what he's doing this year is incredible, and he's probably going to win the Vesna. At this yeah. point, he's the front runner. We talked about that yesterday, leading every single goaltending statistic. But he is, I don't believe, ever played in a playoff game. Oh, I didn't realize that about him. Uh, no, actually, he probably played last year. I think he got, he got in some games last year in the playoffs. I'm going to pull it up right now. He, he might have got some games last year. But there's there hasn't been successful playoff campaigns for Linus Olmark. Well, he's in Buffalo his entire career up until last season. Yeah. So him and Swayman kind of split the net last year in the playoffs. And and so he might have gotten into a couple of games there in that series against Carolina. But there's no track record of success like an Andre Vasilevsky. So that's the one thing I look at. If there's one goaltender who I would feel more comfortable beating in, in the playoffs, sometimes goaltending and winning that battle um, can go a long way. I, I would feel more comfortable playing Lena Solmark and having him not goalie the Leafs than I would Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, the show is ending, so I can end it on this note without you being able to argue with me. You know who has the same amount of Stanley Cups as Vasilevsky? Matt Murray. Uh, yeah, I guess that'd be correct. <laughs> that would be correct. Ow, that- ow!
Hey, I can't argue. That's fact. Yeah. Facts are facts. All right, that does it for us today. We'll be down at Scotiabank Arena tomorrow to tee up Leafs and Preds. It'll also be on TSN 1050 that night. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on TSN 1050.ca, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Maddie Cause coming up next.